Simo and Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey, g'day everyone, this is Simo and you're with To The 60, which is our short story element of the Thong Slappers podcast. Number 21, which is titled Monash the Giant, it's actually probably one of my favourites. It's a bit different to normal, but I'll tell you what, Redmond's got a pretty vivid imagination and it's a great listen, so we hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Monash the Giant, written by Redmond. Monash the Giant had always existed. It was there when Arthur pulled the steel from the stone. It was there when St George slew the dragon. He watched on in horror when Icarus went bounding from the ground and achieved flight, that short-lived, disastrous, impertinent flight. He watched as Atlas shouldered the sky. Monash worried that he was destined to only be a myth. He thought of himself as a guardian, a spirit to lift his people up, a rock to steady them against a world of naysayers. Monash never lived in a golden hall in the sky or on an Olympic mountain. He never rode an illuminated white stallion or a storm cloud. Instead, He spent what seemed like an eternity in limbo in the endless blue skies and deep within the soil of a great southern land. He watched the rainbow serpent carve out a great land then expire. He wanted so desperately for his people to come and make him real. One day his people finally came. Across the sea they fared in sad silent boats. Great people with white faces and steely resolve. They had been expelled from their small kingdom island and banished to this place that Dante could have imagined into life. Monash was so delighted that his long wait was finally over, so he took out his great sword called Astralis and carved a big chunk off the coast and filled it with a beautiful bay to receive them, an emerald green and blue bay. He drew immaculate blue water to the shore and shook down sand, white and fine, placed it all along the shore. The white tops of the wave, jumping and flowing to meet the sand, created a sound and sight so mesmerising that even today the waves still form and crash onto the sand as perfectly as they did. On that first day, he was inspired to finally have his dream come into life. He was thankful to his people. Without them, he would still be wandering and formless. He wanted his people to be proud and strong, useful and intelligent, resourceful and resilient. He led them to his shore, to this beach. God and the old empire are both redundant. We will unite under our own command and spare our blood, Monash declared. You are now your own people. You need never to worship on your knees on Sunday. Instead, stand on your feet, swim, and celebrate in these waters. I give you this coastline and these beaches and let no man damn your shores in this land girt by sea. It was Monash that pulled a great green blanket over an inland area and then fought an epic battle with the clouds, eventually bending even the weather to his will. He brought the clouds down to the brow of his blanket. He named the area the Monaro region. Moses can have his land of milk and honey. The Monaro is the land of lamb and beef. From this tiny pocket of land, these people built an island nation. They built Australia. To toil under the southern sun in this huge land may have seemed like an internal task. Seeing this toil, Monash the giant wanted to reward them with a great gift. He stood up high on a dark mountain during an electrical storm and battled with the sky and the Milky Way until he'd gathered a bounty of unparalleled beauty. He assembled his gifts into the night sky and promised Australians... This is a gift I have for you, so that under any and every day you spend in the sun building this splendid nation, you may spend some time of an evening looking at the guide I have placed in the southern night sky for you. May it replenish and guide your heart. He pointed to the southern cross, sparkling in a jet black sky. 
It is said that an Australian only needs to stroll among the eucalyptus of an evening and look up to the Southern Cross to feel belonging and to feel secure, to feel young and free. The end. So there you go. Who says you can't learn new shit from the thong slappers? Whether it's true or not leaves a little bit to be desired, but that doesn't matter. As long as we're all having a good time. Alright, we'll catch you guys soon for episode 27 of our regular podcast, which again features Gus from Street Machine, and we will continue to talk about 2003.